Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. We are going to start with another interview in our Uncover interview series. Uncover stands for understanding the needs, opportunities, challenges, vision, and emerging roles in the black horse community. Today we're going to speak with Marlon Sims. He's a 65-year-old mounted archery competitor. He is part of the U.S. Cultural Heritage Team and travels internationally to compete in mounted archery competitions. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. You are listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Um, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got started with mounted archery. Well, I'm originally from Tuskegee, Alabama, where I was born and raised. And I'm a martial art instructor by trade. You know, I got appointed to West Point probably like the early 90s, like 90, 89 and 90. And I taught there for like, for like 10 years. I came to Atlanta around 2000 after I left West Point, military academy. And then once I got here, I got interested in the horses. And a few years ago, uh, I took a course on a mountain archery out at Falconwood Farms and fell in love with it and been doing it ever since. So how did you get introduced to the U.S. Cultural Heritage Team? You know, I went to Korea to compete. One of the competitions I was invited by, uh, by Trey Sikti. And uh, we went over, and one of the things that we're doing is trying to, around the country, the world rather, get people to participate in a cultural heritage thing, something that was peculiar to their particular culture in their particular country. Like here, it would be the uh, American Indian, so we kind of compete you know, along those lines. Uh, other countries will, you know, you want to you use bows and dress that were you know, that was representative of that particular culture. So we try to uh, use dress that is representative of Indian culture or the uh, mountain man culture in this country. The heritage team, so it means doing events and kind of like portraying yourselves like the original people? Yes. Mountain archery is like uh, archery from a horseback. And the American Indian, they mostly shot bows from horseback, you know, hunting buffaloes, they did war from horseback. Right. So it's a combination of uh, horsemen and uh, your, your archery skills. What you do on the ground, like ground archery, is different than what you do on a horse. What right. you do on the back of a horse, you can do on the ground. On the ground. So, you know, as you're riding, there is a uh, you have to post to take a, uh, what's called a performance piece, which is like um, two point C, where you don't want to bounce up and down, then you're aiming how you acquire the target because the horse is moving at about maybe 11 meters per second, which is pretty fast. It's coming along the ground. So when you aim, every second that you aim, the target is always changing. Right. So you have to either add edge or how do you line your arm up. You know, a lot of people shoot lighter bows because it's easier to draw. Myself, I like to think of myself as a traditional warrior because that's how I was trained as a martial artist. So I like to I like to shoot heavy heavy bows. My heaviest bow has been like ninety pounds, 
put in very often. So I shoot between 60 to 90 pound photos. Wow. So I need a different. That's pretty interesting. So it. Well, you know, in the old days when people had armor and stuff, you had to have a bow that could pierce armor. Mm -hmm. So most, like, like most of them would say that it's a minimal 70 pounds to, to pierce armor. So I try to shoot. My, my heaviest bow right now, like I said, my 90 pound bow in Birdie was a Korean bow. So my heaviest bow now is probably about 84 pounds. So when you when you talk about pounds for the bow, is that the part that has the wood and the string? I'm gonna say string because I don't know what it's called, but that's what you're talking about. Yeah, when we say pound, it's like say if you shoot a compound bow, it may be six to eighty pound bow, but you only have to pull about maybe fifteen to twenty pounds and that's all. But when you release it, it shoots the full, you know, seven eighty pounds. But with right, a right, you know, right. So that's bow, a traditional. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you have to the tension. The tension on the bow is the poundage, like pounds of pressure. Yeah, what okay. you have to hold. It's like picking up a six weight and holding it in that position until mm -hmm. you release it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm -hmm. uh, so you're talking about uh, bone alignment in the arms. Um, you know, you have to have some cotch or a twist on it. You can twist the string. Uh, most people have a draw length of maybe like 28 inches. You know, you know, you need an anchor point. You know how you acquire your target looking down shaft of the arrow. Um, that's a that's a lot of factors that go in to shooting. You know, off horseback because you have to shoot when the horse is in a gallop, and you kind of like the horse is skipping with you, so you have to skip with the horse. Right. And you don't want to be sitting on the horse, but you want to be somewhat inch or two above the horse so you can have a smooth ride and you and your legs act as a shock absorber. Right. You know, especially the ankle. Mm -hmm. And that way you can have a smooth ride and your shot can be more accurate. Awesome. So what are the challenges, or if any, um, that you have experienced being a minority equestrian in this sport some challenges mm -hmm. mm. i really i really didn't experience any challenges except being the only black guy out there yeah uh, other than that they're very friendly around around the world i haven't really met with any type of uh, racism because there are people of color that compete in the mount of archery this you know, I I have not met any other black mounted archers. I'm pretty sure they got to be some out there, but I haven't met them. Um, and I have never met any that have competed in the national. Right. But it's it's uh it's basically like like a a really friendly and some general group of of archers. Um. You know, everybody is. You know, has has their own personality, uh, things they like, they dislike. You know, you really have to. To me, you know, I train a lot, so what I try to do is prepare my body to be a weapon, to be able to pull heavy poundage and, and, and condition my hands and my entire body to be able to just pull a string bare, you know, without any uh, aids or anything. Right. Um. I, I you know, occasionally I do with gloves and stuff. 
because you know I'll I'll shoot somewhere close to hundred maybe two hundred arrows a day sometimes. Wow. So to build a callus. That is dedication. Condition attendance. I was just gonna say or ask, how long did you train before you actually started to compete? Well, you know, I've shot archery as as from a childhood up until now. Oh, okay. Um, it's just because I was in a boys, and uh, so it's just something that I've always done. So, and then when I was at, at some martial arts, we you know we shot archery, did a lot of flight archery. Hmm. So it, it was it was natural for me just to pick it up. It's something that you know, the only you know you have to learn how to shoot from horseback. Like I say, what you do on the back of a horse, you can do on the ground. But what you do on the ground, you can't necessarily do on the back of a horse. Right. So there there is like a little learning then how to, how to acquire the target because based on the ground, your target is standing still. Uh-huh. It's not moving. But when you're on the back of a horse. Yeah. Horse is moving, so your perspective of the target is always changing. So how, how you acquire and shoot that target. So a lot of it is instinctive. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you know, you know, like archery is, is a part of the martial arts because every every country had a mounted capital. And you know, that's what made the uh Genghis Khan and the Mongolians famous. They were able to ride in, shoot break and then run away and as the soldiers rode try to chase them they could put six arrows up in there inside of a minute so the the soldiers that was chasing them was riding under a bunch of arrows coming coming down just cutting the smithereens mm-hmm. so you do, you develop different patterns and how to control your horse running and shoot you know run away you have back shots you have side shots so it's like you know different positions you can shoot off your horse but how, how do you control that horse? In a battle situation, there's a lot of noise. The horse is at probably full gallop. Uh, but, you know, in competition, your horse is not always going that fast. And then it's a controlled situation. And then, you know, like, like we do a lot of field archery where, you know, there are no barriers or lanes for the horse to run in. You have to navigate around different obstacles and stuff to shoot the targets because it's an open field. So you got to get your horse to go to that particular target or that particular area. Then you may have to circle it or go through a gate or something like that. So it, it requires, you know, horsemanship skills along with your marksmanship skills. Right. What kind of horses do you typically use or do you own when you do mounted archery? I have four quarter horses. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get some uh, larger horses like Percherons or drum horses. Which is like of the um, draft breed. Mm-hmm. So right now I I got quarter horses. I have four. Do you use those horses yeah, so when I you need. travel? Well, when we travel, like we go to Korea somewhere to compete or Mongolia, you have to you you borrow horses once you get there. Okay. So, you know you just have to take a horse, jump on. Now if we're here competing in Georgia or like maybe Tennessee, I can trail my horse up. Or take my horse with me. I prefer competing on my horse, but you know you should be able to you know ride any mount. Very true. Very true. Have you have you ever encountered encountered a mount that was not as comfortable with the whole shooting arrows off its back situation? No, because most of the time you want to train a horse to. Uh, do what you want to do to accept shooting arrow. Either he's going to accept it or he, they're not going to accept 
And and one of the quickest ways to like pat on his dog, you know, every time he rang the bell, he, mm-hmm. he fed the dog. So after he took the cool away when he rang the bell, dog to salivate. So when we shoot Eric, you give a horse a treat, pretty soon he associate that sound with a reward. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll, he'll stop being afraid. Uh, different ways you can train horses to uh, accept, uh, you know, things around. Same thing with mounting shooting. You know, when you shoot guns, our horses back. Either they're going to accept it or they're not going to accept it. Right. Especially with guns in between. But you, every time you, he heard that sound, you gave him a reward like a treat. Then pretty soon he will associate that sound with something good instead of something to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. So you know, based based on archery, you know, you have to you have to like like become one with your horse, you know. So you need you need to train your horse to do what you want it to do. You know, you got you know, to rate himself, you know, walk, trot, canter, gallop, um, you know, left turn, right turn. And I tell everybody, you know, riding is pretty easy. If you can drive a car, then basically you can drive a horse. Just have to learn how to sit in the horse. Mm-hmm. You know? Make you go forward, back it up, left, right, and walk, plus the brakes. And so, and then you have variations of those. Uh, so, you know, your your aids like your rein, your leg aids, you know, uh, how you twist your head or your body. Very true. So when you shoot archery from, from a mountain horse, you have to drop your range. You can't really guide your horse. So you got to drop your range and shoot. So you mm-hmm. need to be, your horse should be, you should be able to guide okay yeah that's what i was gonna ask if um you work off primarily leg aids when riding well my horses were not trained for that so i'm just now getting into the thing of training my horses to move off my body my legs um i did a lot of neck rain i ran barrels and jumped and did some other stuff but now getting into mounted archery and the mounted shooting you have to, uh, you know, you, you need to train your horse to do certain things and move off certain cues and stuff. Slow itself down, speed itself up. You know, I, my horses are very athletic. And the horse that I have, my wildfire, my main horse that I ride a lot, she's like 16 and quarter hands or something. I'm somewhere around close to that. So she's a tall horse. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, most people have smaller horses. But I like, I like big horses. What is one of the things that you've learned about yourself doing the, the mountain archery? Never give up. But like I said, you know, I started as a martial art, doing martial arts when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. I'm now 64, turned 65 in the summer. So, I mean, it, that's just something that, that, you know, you know, you're only as rich as the amount of things that you can afford to leave alone. And so I said myself with years ago, stuff, I know as I got older, I was going to do some of this kind of stuff because as I was when I was young, I was trying to take care of family. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I have I have the luxury, staying on the ranch, training all day. So basically, I train all day, and I I, I train my body to, be able to pull heavy bows, my hands to, be able to handle the, the stress of a, a sixty to a ninety pound string just on my my bare fingers. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of prep work go into things. And, and so a lot of people will, you know, give you excuses of why they didn't do this, they didn't do that. 
So my thing is, you know, to solve a problem, you don't leave with an excuse, you leave with a solution. So as, as a yes. male archer, I've had to figure things out, you know, because it's something that I, I didn't grow up doing. And I taught myself to ride. I didn't have a formal riding training. So I've had, I've had to learn as I go. Right. And talking to different people, seeing uh, things with me, uh, things that I read. I do a lot of research, um, you know, on the Mount Archer and stuff. Uh, I talk to you. I, I go anywhere in the world to learn. And you like to say, you learn from the cradle to the grave. And so the things I've learned about Mount Archer and stuff, and I'm still learning. But you, you have to make yourself available to that and be willing to learn. What advice would you give to someone interested in entering this this field and this sport? Well, my first advice, you know, you need your own horse. And, you know, a lot of people want to buy, you know, inexpensive equipment at first. But you are only as good as your equipment. So I tend to spend my money on my equipment and my horse because those are two most important factors besides yourself. So you got you got to trust your horse and you need good equipment. So I like heavier bows because they, they have a, a better trajectory, you know, as opposed to a lighter bow. And, you know, they shoot faster. We have a bow we call a Sky Dog that was designed for the cultural heritage team. It looks like one of the Indian bows, and it's a very fast shooting bow. Mm-hmm. And it was developed by, you know, my teacher Trey, and uh, he's in the process of developing other bows and stuff. And you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I really like his very, you know, fast shooting bow. There's no hand shock or vibration in it. So it's it's it's, it's a it's a joy to shoot. So if you have good equipment, but then Having good equipment and and not using it correctly, you know, if your the alignment is not right, the arm is not right, you know, then it it doesn't really work that well. You know, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So everybody say just practice, practice, practice. But yeah. in order to shoot a heavy bow, you know, you need you need to train your body to shoot it. And how how you line it up, how you sight it, and like. You know, the human body can only make two movements, push and pull. And somebody, sometimes we say it can rotate, but a rotation is only uh, push-pull on a tangent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, 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 one arm is pushing, one arm is pulling. So how you set those muscles up, but they have to be strong and fit enough to handle uh, the stress of shooting a traditional recurve bow. Because like, like I say, when you pull a 70, 80 pound bow, you are actually pulling and holding that amount of weight. And so, you know, if you hold it for a few seconds or a minute, that's what you got to hold 70 pounds for a minute. Right, so right. It's, 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 it keeps tension on you. Yeah, I mean, that's a balance between actual, like, just strength and coordination and balance. And a lot of different things go into not only just holding the bow, but having to ride at the same time and see, you got to be able to see, I'm assuming, you know, see very well how to assess your targets. Yeah, your riding 
it be second nature to you. You know, if you have to concentrate on your riding, then you're not going to do too do too well in acquiring and hitting the target. Mm-hmm. So you know you have to develop the right horsemanship skills, and then you have to develop the, the archery skills. How to do something going out. Then when you're on the back of the horse, you got to put all that together. Mm-hmm. You know it, it, it's a challenge, but you know you got to rise to the occasion. Yeah. What was your What has been your favorite moment? in your career and doing this um mountain archery what what is your favorite moment that you've had so far oh i i i can't say i had a favorite moment because i like it all (laughs) you know i've uh i've enjoyed every second that i've but i've rode and shoot you know and i you know i kind of live in the in the present at all times, I don't think about the future or the past. You know, once it's over, it's over to me. But I'm always training in that moment, trying to prepare for the next one because I want to be a little bit better tomorrow than I was today. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to skills. Um, and, and, and so I can't say that, you know, any one particular moment that stands out to me. I enjoy uh just riding and shooting the sport of it. I don't I don't go there to win or to lose. I come to ride and shoot. Yeah. So while everybody else is maybe you know up on the ride, you know, wanna win, that's not that's not my my objective. My objective is to to do my best at my ability and to improve. What can I learn from my experience? Because like, you know, a failure is not really a failure. It's, it's a it's a way that you learn not to do something or to improve on something. If this didn't work, then what can I do to improve this the next time? Mm-hmm. So I've only been riding and shooting probably about three or four years. So I'm new at it. So I need to, uh, I'm still learning uh, and trying to perfect my skills. You know, when I, when I did martial arts, you know, I said I was going to give my, I started when I was like four years old. I said after 20 years, I feel like I've accomplished something. But after 20 years, I realized I really don't know anything. I need to continue. I need to do more training. Mm-hmm. Now, like I can say I started when I was four. I'm I'm like 64. Now I'm being only 65. So I have basically 60 years of training in. Mm-hmm. So nothing really uh, excites me like that or because that's that's really what, makes us uh lose or do the wrong thing because we're too excited you know you have you know with archery and stuff or any uh sport you have to keep yourself calm Mm -hmm. because if you get too excited and too anxious then you end up making mistakes we tell our horse to do something unknown but us and the horse may make a sudden movement or is indecisive goes left or right so it may throw us off or we may miss the shot. So we need, I, I spend a lot of time trying to train my horses to get them to do what I want them to do and that we know each other, know how the others going to think. I know you said that, you know, you stay in the present, um, past and the future are, you know, subjective, but do you have any personal goals for yourself as far as, 
getting better in this field? Mm, I can't say that I have personal goals like that. I feel if you train and practice correctly, you will improve. Mm-hmm. And it will get better over time. But if 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 there's an effort on your part to accomplish that, then you probably won't accomplish it. Yeah. Because you, you're putting pressure on yourself. Yeah. You know, you're always going to find those people better than you. You're going to find those people worse than you. And if you compare yourself to them, you're going to end up with a problem. Mm-hmm. You're upset all the time about something. Well, I'm better than this person, not as good as that person. So I can't even look at it like that, you know. Uh, just the joy of waking up in the morning and being able to train or to go to a, go someplace to compete is is to me it's an accomplishment, mm-hmm. and I try to live in that moment. Um, I agree with know, that. And I, I remember my first barrel competition. You know, I took three horses to ride, and a lot of people got upset at me because they thought I was riding for the money, and I, I you know I did pretty good. I didn't want the money. I said, I, I didn't come here to win or to lose. I came to ride. Mm-hmm. I said, whatever I want, give it to, uh, to the kids. So I'm, I'm not interested in that, in, in winning that per se like that. No. Um, as long as I compete at my personal best, it's great. If I win, great. If I lose, great. It's, I'm not going to put myself in that kind of stressful situation. Mm-hmm. To win, because you know, see, people start. If they're not winning, they're upset. We want to fight somebody because they didn't. They didn't win. They lost. That yeah. that doesn't bother. Instead of making a lesson out of it, you know, when, there's emotion in it. Yeah, yeah. Because what what really counts is it's a life or death. The trophy or the title is not that important. I had my instructor tell me one time it's wrong to fight, but to fight and lose for principles that you deem righteous is also wrong so i train every day to to prepare my body for that one time that i have to fight mm-hmm. you know so when i go to competition i'm there for a learning experience i'm not there to win or lose i'm there to learn i watch my the competitors there if if i win great if i lose Great. It's, it's no skin off my nose. I'm not, I'm not going to get excited about it either way. Could you describe what a typical competition is like? Well, typical competition is, you know, you may shoot Hungarian uh, course. You may shoot the Korean course or Kabak. You know, the Korean course is like, uh, you have you have a lane, you know, rope on both sides of the horse. So he, he run down this lane. It's probably about 100 meters, which is about 300 feet. Uh, and you know, targets probably 90 meters apart. And you and you have to ride in a horse a couple of 11 seconds. You only got a couple of seconds to, to, to load your, draw your arrow, load it on your bowstring, acquire the target, shoot it, and get ready to do the same thing to get ready for the second and third target. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you have to take a position, a console position where you're not bouncing around because you got to, and you have to be able to knock your arrow without looking at the string. If you look down, then the horse may do something else. You may tell your horse to do something unbeknown to you. So you keep your eyes on the target. So you have to, you know, draw. And because we shoot like the American Indian, we don't have a, a quiver, um, which, which is like, like the Indian quiver, either from, from back or on our side. I shoot a side quiver. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people shoot like a thigh quick. But, you know, you only have a few seconds, like three or four seconds to, to shoot your target. Because most, most times a, a fast horse will cover 90 meters in about eight seconds, eight, nine seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, an average horse probably like, you know, you got horses covering like 10, 12 seconds. That's a medium horse, but you know, your, your, your fast horse is going to cover probably like about eight, nine seconds, nine being the average. So, you know, you want a horse that's going to do it like nine or 10. That's cool. How many people are on your team? It, it varies. Um, I think right now there's like six, maybe seven people on the team. And, you know, is this something, I think this is the third year, second or third year. And it's starting to grow. So when we first started, there was not that many archers in the country. But now there's a ton of archers, a ton of competitions around the country. Mm-hmm. Do you guys practice together or live in the same vicinity? Well, yeah, you know, you have them up in Michigan. Like, we have a group here in Atlanta, it's which calling us Chattahoochee uh, Archery Association, Mountain Archery Association. Um, and, you know, you have them up in Tennessee, you got them in Florida, in Alabama, you have them all over the place. And so, yeah, you know, they get, we get together and we're trained and practice together, you know. And, and, you know, it brings up a lot of good camaraderie with friends. You meet new people, meet old acquaintances, uh, you know. You talk to different people about different techniques. And, you know, there right now, it's, it's really uh, people developing different uh, equipment, you know, knocks and arrows and bows and stuff. Because you're always trying to get the most out of your equipment. Shoot faster, flatter trajectory, uh, knock that's easier to knock, you know, because you can't look at the, the, the knock in the string. You, ha- you have to go by feel. So one of the most important things to me is how do you index or feel the knock to know how to put it on the string? Mm-hmm. And is that the end of the you can, arrow? You can shoot. A- yeah, the back end of the arrow has like a little knock on it that you put the arrow on the string. You can either shoot off the left side or the right side of the bow. Uh, most, uh, I shoot a thumb style and, you know, I shoot thumb and three fingers. But a lot of people like to shoot uh, three fingers, Mediterranean, but I prefer the uh, thumb, thumb style. And what, is, what does that actually look like th- when you say thumb style? Like you pull the bow back with your thumb or pull the string with back? With your thumb. Your index... Your, yeah, your arrow is on the right side of the bow. So once you knock it, your thumb goes under the knock of, of the bow and push up. And your index finger pushes the uh, arrow to, the, to your left, which hits the right side of the bow. That way, when you're riding, the air and the wind doesn't vibrate and make it you know, come off the bow. Oh, okay. Are you right-handed? So I'm right-handed, yes. Oh, okay. Do people, when you are doing or shooting, do you usually shoot with whatever your dominant hand is? Yeah, you know, I can shoot either hand, but my right eye is dominant. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be more accurate, you know, on my right hand, looking down, looking down my left arm. Interesting. So yeah, your eye is going to play more important part because, you know, it's, it's how you, you, you aim. And it's just like pointing your finger at something. You know, once the wrist bones and the arm bones are in alignment, 
then you know it's, it's it's a pretty good shot. If you but you know some people shoot a floating anchor, some shoot a set anchor. Most people put their hand up under the chin, the jawbone. A lot of people touch the strings of the nose. So everybody have a different way of anchoring. After you have developed a basic anchoring technique, then you probably can start shooting a floating anchor. But you need to understand the anchor point first. Like a lot of people anchor up under the jaw. That way they have like a 28 inch draw. And so once you get good at that, you understand how to line the joints up, then, then you probably can shoot a floating anchor. Do you have anyone uh, that's around your age participating in these competitions as well that you know of? Mm, not too many. <laughs> I like one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. Well, I I wouldn't have guessed right. that at all. Your age, that is. Well, yeah. Well, you know, the most important thing about age is movement. As long as you stay active and moving and put the right fuel in the body, the body wants to take care of itself. Yeah. It will adapt. And, 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 yeah. You know, like the more you drive your car or use a machine, the more raggedy it gets. The body's complete opposite. The more you use your body, the better it gets. The less you use it, the worse your body becomes. If you have a sedentary lifestyle, you pick up weight, get get medical issues and stuff. But as long as you're out and you're active and you're moving, then your body will stay stay good. It, 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 you have longevity with it. That is the truth. All right. Well, we appreciate you talking to us so late. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're planning to get this uh, episode of the podcast up tomorrow. Have you listened to any of the other ones? Okay. No, I have not. Well, you should definitely check them out. Uh, pretty cool. How do how, how, how we, we check you out? Uh, we can send you a link to our SoundCloud page, and you'll be able to listen to them there. Uh, most definitely will check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much. And if you ever need anything from us, you just let us know. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and review on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. See you next time.